HOA, it's a true story. Today we're visiting a topic that has impacted every industry in our country, the labor shortages and how this has affected hiring new managers, new employees. It's definitely a national issue that we're talking about now. Our guest today is Rob Buffington. He's the CEO of Gordian Business Solutions. We're really looking forward to getting some inside information and hopefully some tips on this challenging topic. So thank you for joining us today, Rob, and welcome to HOA It's a True Story. Thanks for having me. Also joining us today is Bill Mann from GB Group. Thank you, Reagan. So Rob, tell us for a minute about your company and what it is you guys do, because you do more than just hiring labor services, right? I mean, first off, I had my own HOA management company for about eight years, so I certainly know the industry from all sides, and now I've been on the vendor side in several different positions. Gordian Business Solutions is a portfolio of companies that comprises Gordian Staffing that does remote staffing out of Mexico, Gordian Financial that does fractional or departmental accounting, and then Gordian Consulting that helps businesses with pretty much anything that comes up. Do you primarily focus on the HOA industry or do you do all different types of industries? We're open to anything. However, about 80% of our clients are in the HOA industry. So there's no question it's our bread and butter. And as I said, it's what I know. So it's what we know best. And and yeah, about 80% of our clients are HOA management companies. And a lot of the rest are vendors of HOA management companies because we'll have a client and they say, you guys are great. We have this vendor that's amazing, but he can't invoice to save his life. Can you help him? (laughs) And we'll go and and do something to help them. I think that maybe some ours. (laughs) Now you guys won a vision award at the CAC and law summer recently, didn't you? We did. Yeah. We're very proud of that. That's been very impressive. One of the things that you kind of just touched on is that 80% of your clients are for managers. This is definitely something that's hitting every industry though. How do you think that your recruitment and your efforts are more effective than traditional hiring methods? To start, our service is always meant to be complementary of normal staffing. We don't pretend to fill every position. You're always going to need to keep great staff, nor have we ever gone to anybody and said, hey, get rid of this person and we'll find somebody cheaper. That, that's not what we do at all. The HOA management industry was tough to find staff for five years ago before COVID. The problem that's happened is we've seen people age out. We've seen demands go through the roof on the client side. And so it's just caused so much more demand. So what we do is we source our people out of Mexico and we do it for pretty much any position that doesn't require site visits. So anything from customer service reps to admins, AP, bookkeeper, ACAMs, maintenance coordinators, escrow and resale, you name it, if they don't have to go on site, we can provide it. And because of the lower cost of living in Mexico, we can provide better employees for lower cost than you can get domestically. And because there's not such a competitive market for the positions, not that it's not a strong labor market, but because of how we pay and the benefits package we offer, we're able to fill positions on a regular basis. That's really interesting. Have you seen that your business has grown substantially then as the labor shortages increase, that gap gets broader? 
A little bit. Yeah, we, we've, we've grown quite substantially since COVID. There's definitely no denying that. The HOA market was not as receptive to remote work before COVID. Mm. And then when we had to work from home, everybody realized like, oh, this, this isn't that big a deal, actually. We can make this work. And then as the labor shortage continued, we were able to step into and fill that gap and provide hundreds of great employees to, to companies in the U.S., so are most of the positions you're filling for management companies what I call backroom positions, or are you actually also filling like portfolio manager positions that are working remotely? We have both. We have about 20 fully remote cams. We actually don't allow people to start in that position because it is such a jump. And it can be, every community has its exception. And so the training curve can be quite long. So we require people to start with positions like customer service reps, AR clerks, scheduling, stuff like that. And it's not unheard of. We have clients that they'll hire a customer service rep and then six months later, they become an ACAM and a year later, they become a fully remote CAM. Mm. So they also grow with the company. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's really cool. So what do you do to augment <laughs> that the battle of a portfolio manager that's working remotely and how do they, I mean, do you have site inspectors or how's that process work so that they still have kind of a touch and feel of what's going on at the association? Our employees always plug into the org chart of the client. We adapt. It's their person. They have, so it would be a GB email and a GB phone number. They're part of the team. Okay. So each company does it a little differently. Some companies, what they'll do is they'll partner a junior cam and a a senior cam and the senior cam will be local and the junior cam will be remote. Others, they offer just, you're just never going to see us. It's fully remote, all that. When I had my company and this was before COVID, I would say, look, I'll make you a deal. I will come on site, but I'm going to charge you, you know, 175 an hour for my time. And it starts when I leave my office and it ends when I get back. Do you really need me on site or do you actually need a plumber? Okay, we need a plumber. And it would just, it would save a lot of time and hassle. Other people create dedicated inspectors that their sole job is to go and inspect the sites. And I think that can be very useful because most cams are not as, depending on the training, depending on the experience, a lot of times an inspector can be more efficient at doing that. But it really comes down to the client and what their needs are, but there's a lot of ways to make it work. I was just going to ask you if having a remote person doing backroom type stuff has created new jobs with mm-hmm. new responsibilities for the on-site inspection type Absolutely. Work. Yeah, it definitely has. And more than that, it's helped propel what I call the account executive model, where five years ago, CAMs were doing everything. They were doing maintenance, they were doing inspections, board meetings, escrow and resale, cost, all of it. Now they're becoming closer to account executives where their job is to deal with the board, to explain things, to be the face, And then behind the scenes, you have maintenance coordinators and customer service and accounting and inspections so that the CAMs can do what they're best at. This reduces burnout, it increases their capacity, and it just creates a win-win solution. I bet that this is going to be really an increasing business model. I think even now that we're coming out of COVID, nobody's going back. No, no. Yeah, I just attended one of the management companies had a board seminar on Saturday and the CEO kind of did a little, I don't know, kumbaya at the end, which was kind of interesting. And he kind of like 
kind of told his hundred and plus board members that were there, look at, I can't hire new managers that are going to go to meetings. I said, they're all young. They have kids. I said, we're meeting virtually. And that's kind of the direction things are going because of burnout and all kinds of different issues. And I was actually surprised how supportive the audience was. And the interesting thing that came out of it is some of the board says, we've had vacancies on our board for years. And as soon as we could do virtual meetings, not only did we fill our vacancies, but we filled them with a lot higher quality individual. Exactly. Yeah, it's easier to get quorum. It's easier to control unruly homeowners. I mean, can you say mute? If you've been a manager for any (laughs) length of time, you've seen a homeowner try to hijack a meeting. Yeah. You can just mute that person. I have a great program I just started using called Fathom that it'll transcribe the meeting for you. So you can go back and check everything. It's easier to share your screen. So if people have questions about a proposal or financials or what have you, you can show everybody. So yeah, it's good for everybody. Let me ask you, do you know what the current vacancy rate is for managers? Like I can quote construction vacancy, but I, I don't know what the managers are. To hear, my clients tell it, it's, <laughs> to hear my clients tell it, it's about 100%. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think you might not be far off from that. So. It, se- it seems like I don't know of anybody who's like, you know what? No, we're good. I, we don't need any cams right now. I can't think of a single company. But of course, they wouldn't call me if they were fully staffed. But Well, then, given that, how important is social media to finding new help? Do you compete directly with them? or do you utilize it to continue to fill these spots? Well, we recruit out of Mexico. And so it's very rare that we see management companies doing that directly because they don't have the infrastructure in place. We have offices in Guadalajara and Mexico City. We have teams of HR and recruiting that are physically there, boots on the ground. I'll be there in a couple of days, actually. And so we're actually interviewing and screening and meeting people locally. So social media definitely helps. At the end of the day, it is a referral business, but we're also bringing people in through LinkedIn, Indeed, OCC Mundial. There's no secret sauce other than just having great team members, great recruiters, great HR, and running the numbers. You interview 500, you present 100, you, know, you just you, you work your way through the stages to get the right talent. And we help with the screening and all that to take the time off. Of now, Rob, call. do you do any on-site type positions or fill any on-site? Or are you not doing that? We've been asked, but to be honest, we're so busy with remote that it's just not something we want to take on. And, and we don't want to take on the, the liability, particularly being from California. I, uh, I kind of like, I like Mexican labor laws. They're different. They certainly have their own hoops to jump through, but we're able to provide full benefits. We're able to provide medical, retire, a savings fund, food tickets, restaurant tickets, all of that without some of the craziness that California has. Having a difficult time with the English to Spanish transitions or with the employees, how's that process? Or are there a lot of people that are pretty bilingual these days? It's very common to find bilingual people. Mexico has 130 million people and there's no shortage of, of fluent people. Everybody we hire is fluent in English. I was just down there not long ago and I was kind of surprised over the big resort, you know, mammoth resort with thousands of employees. I was amazed at how many English was perfect. And when you Mm -hmm. actually spoke with them, you found out they were all born and raised here and moved back. (laughs) There are many. Yeah, there are many. Their parents came to the U.S. and they moved back when they were in high school. And yeah, we have many people like that. Do you speak Spanish, Rob? 
Uh, enough to find the bathroom and get a beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Are you recruiting any retirees or like past employees that are you're trying to get them to re-enter the workforce? Not us so much because, again, we're sourcing out of Mexico, so we're not using the network here as much. I do know a lot of companies here have been very successful bringing in retired managers part-time. Rather than filling a whole portfolio with one manager, they bring in a couple of managers to do three or four properties each, and they do an amazing job. Mm. So that's definitely an avenue that some companies can take. But yeah, it just depends on the setup. Well, in the past, it didn't seem very cost-effective, like you mentioned. But now it seems like you've really found lots of different ways to kind of help bridge that gap. It's really important to have that quality without having to start completely over every single time. Do your yeah. clients share this sentiment that it's a, a bridging of the gap for them? Or do they see this like, we're definitely going down this road permanently? Most of our clients don't look back. They still use their domestic help. They value them. In fact, one of the things I tell them is working with us will let you free up money in your budget for domestic salaries. So you can pay your domestic help what they need. That's great. That's a great idea. Yeah. And it's also important to note that the people we're hiring, even though that you might be paying 40 or 50% less, they're living better on that than somebody in California making $23 an hour. So it really is a win-win because our philosophy is it's better to pay people 10 to 15% more, treat them well and keep them for five years, as opposed to churn and burn every six months. <laughs> Which, yes, if anybody's trying to keep up with their Rolodex, so to speak. <laughs> It, it can, the contacts get pretty hard to keep track of. That and the mistakes that happen when somebody leaves, mm -hmm. the, the loss of institutional suffering. knowledge, the training. They've done different studies and there are different numbers, but I've seen between six months to a year of a person's salary to change a position. Oh, wow. That's and just think about that. So wouldn't it be better to pay 10% more and keep people for the long term? So we're all about retention. So do you do any, if a manager wants to change companies and they wanted to call you, would you be able to help them find a new position? That's not, I mean, I, I certainly not talk your to, wheelhouse, but I it's not my wheelhouse. Things. I definitely talk to enough people that I know who's looking and I know who's good to work for. And I know who I get a good report from. So I'm, I'm always happy to talk to anybody. And I, I think, you know, it's all about connections and who, you know, but most of the people we're recruiting are either new to the industry or we're getting them from hospitality, hotels, things like that, rental management, stuff like that. We believe if you find good attitude and good customer service skills, everything else can be taught. Well, aside from providing this alternate pool, would you say it takes the pain out of these owners of management companies trying to constantly find that new cam? Is this the, the better solution for going forward? I personally think it is. I might be a little biased, but sure. I, was, I was my own first customer. I, I founded this because I was hiring my own people and wanted to give them benefits and, and all that in Mexico. And then people asked me to help them. So I was my own first customer at uh, East West Building Works in California. I still have that and I still have employees working there that have been with me for years. Why Mexico? What made you pick Mexico? It's close. So Spanish, of course, is the second language for most of the country. 
English is very common there. There's a low cost of living, but there's good infrastructure. So you don't have to worry about power outages and storms and things like that. Culturally, the two countries are very homogenized. Mexican culture has come north. American culture has come south. When I go down there, I see the Avengers movies. And on the radio, I hear music, American musicians. I mean, it, it's a very similar blended culture. It's also very close. So we have plenty of clients that their team grows to five, 10 employees and they fly down to meet them. Yeah. Or somebody is getting promoted to team lead. They'll fly them up to the domestic office and have them meet the team. Whereas in other countries, that can be a 12-hour, 14-hour flight. Yeah. So it makes it a lot easier to feel very connected to these people because they should be part of your team. They go to training, they go to company events, they go to virtual socials. I tell people, we're not helping you outsource anything. We're helping you open your Mexico office. And so these become valued members of the team. Well, speaking of Mexico offices, I happen to have a home down there. And I know that quite a few management companies have been going down to Mexico from the States mm -hmm. to represent the HOAs down there. Mm -hmm. And obviously that's, you know, we're really starting to see international recognition everywhere, Dubai and, mm -hmm. and Mexico and a lot of these other places are starting to really adopt a lot of the common interest programs. So I really think that you're really on to something with this. I think it's a great way to solve some of the shortages that we're experiencing. Yeah, it's good for everybody. And, they, and there is an HOA industry in Mexico, so we can find experienced managers. And the system is, is very, very similar, 95% similar. They have boards, they have homeowners, they have separate interests and common interests, they have bylaws, they have board meetings, they have budgets. So... Aside from a quick crash course for some terminology, the learning curve is not nearly as short as it would be for somebody outside of the industry in the United States. And we actually have an agreement with CAI that we can get our people licensed with their CMCA while in Mexico. There's a testing center. If, if CAI or somebody had gone down there, mm -hmm. there, there's a testing center in Mexico City now that can you can take your test and you can get your CMCA while in Mexico. That's great. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. So we've put some people through that. We're very excited about that. Well, congratulations on your win. It sounds like it was very well-deserved. And it sounds like you guys are really doing a great service for the management company ownership and the boards of these properties that find themselves often shorthanded. So good for you guys. Well, the name of the podcast is HOA It's a True Story. <laughs> Yet another one. Do you have a story you could share with us? Oh, it, it's funny if it didn't happen to you. For me, it's just traumatic. We had a smaller HOA in Berkeley and there was this homeowner and, and Berkeley's fun, right? I mean, we, we had a lot of properties in Berkeley and there's good and bad stuff in Berkeley, but we had this really small building, largely older community uh, condo building. And there was one homeowner who would he, he ran for the board, uh, ran for the board. There was an open seat and nobody else wanted it. So he got on the board. And so he was extremely involved in everything. And I'm sure anybody listening who's in management knows the type I'm talking about. Daily emails, one, two times a day. Small community, less than 25 units. So not a lot to talk about. Mm. Come to find out that this guy was an author. 
and actually had won a Pulitzer Prize, which was a little depressing, if I'm being honest, because it was easier to think of him as, as out of his mind, which honestly, I think he was. But it is the only HOA that I literally fired three times, and each <laughs> three times, and each time they begged me to stay, promising to rein him in. And finally, he had not gotten his way on something and said, well, fine, well, I'm going to resi resign from the board. And he just waited for the other two board members <laughs> to say something. And they just, they just kind of okay. looked at him like, okay, okay. And of course, two days later, he tried to rescind it and say, well, it, it, I never actually resigned. I wasn't going to. But miraculously, we had found somebody on very quickly to fill that board seat, just doing our jobs well, of course. <laughs> and unfortunately, the seat was no longer available. But that was probably the roughest HOA. It's the only HOA I fired three times. Only one. <laughs> third time's the charm. <laughs> third, yeah, third time it stuck. Yeah, that was, a, that was a fun one. Well, you know, this is such an intriguing opportunity for ownership to try to solve some of their hiring solutions. If somebody wanted to reach out to you, what would be the best way? Do you have a website or an email? How should they get a hold of you to get more information about this? Best way to find us for staffing is gordianstaffing.com. If you need fractional or, or shared services accounting, you can visit us at gordianfinancial.com or you can find me on LinkedIn at Rob Buffington on LinkedIn. LinkedIn's a great resource. Yeah. And of course, if they can't find any of those for some reason, they can always reach out to us at inquiry at gbgroupinc.com and we will put them in touch with Rob and make sure that they get the information they're looking for. Thanks again, Rob. We greatly appreciate your time today. And what a fascinating subject. I'm really intrigued by it. And uh, I know you're going to get a lot of information requests <laughs> after this one. So good job there. Thanks for having me.